0: Not, here's the thing, if you've ever seen Donald Sutherland, he's an amazing actor, but his eyebrows are like out of control. And so that those are my old man life goals, is I to not it. have Donald Sutherland eyebrows.
1: I get it, just oddly specific. <laughs> I think
0: I just saw a movie with him in <laughs> it and they were like,
1: fring. Oh, okay. All yeah. right.
0: You getting ready for the holidays?
1: I am. Lots of lights, lots of gnomes, lots of things happening.
0: Lots of no- gnomes are everywhere, it seems. Gnomes
1: are probably. everywhere. Uh, from from our gnome to
0: yours. Oh, That's- oh! I see what you did there.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, okay. Look, so uh, I invited you on the show. I don't think you've ever been on the show. Um, we're at, believe it or not, three three hundred and forty five episodes, cool. uh, which is a little crazy. Project of love. This, uh, you know, definitely not a revenue project. Uh, <laughs> it's certainly certainly a labor of love for us, but it is a lot of fun. So, Kim, for those who don't know you, we'll jump right in because. Uh, not sure anybody dialed in to hear our banter, but uh, in case they did, why don't you, why don't you give everybody a little bit of an escalator pitch around who, who is Kim Collins? And I think, cause you do a lot of work for us behind the scenes. And I think a lot of people don't, don't get to run into you. Don't get, don't get to interact with you. So share who you are and what you do. And then uh, we'll jump in and talk about which, which was your favorite podcast this year.
1: Okay, I am Kim Collins, uh, the shadow master, I stay behind the scenes, but um, I am CFR's project manager, been with them about three years, been a fan for way longer. Um, I basically handle memberships, accounts, media events, um, pretty much anything you can put a solid plan around, my my hands are in it. <laughs> so, and you know, whatever else they need me to do on the side.
0: So. Mm-hmm i'd say that's pretty accurate anything that we had a lot of things that needed a plan and so you are the plan master
1: i do try to make the trains run
0: yes you do and you keep the trains on time it's, and you do quite a good job so let me ask you kim uh like i mentioned before we've done over 300 podcasts we did i think 60 some odd this year you've got a favorite which is it
1: it is actually the the podcast back in august with sarah white on work inside <laughs>
0: Uh, I, I suspect I may know why it was one of your favorites, but do you, you want to share why you picked Sarah,
1: Sarah's well, podcast? <laughs> there are a couple of reasons, actually. Um, I do a lot of these podcast edits and the ones that make me laugh are usually the ones that just stick with me the longest and the virtual post generator killed me. Okay. I think I literally fell out of my chair and then I immediately had to go try the virtual post generator. Um, you did it. I, I did. I did. Um, it was very interesting. I, I think I was with an Uber driver or something. And, you know, the world was all grown and, and sunshine and rainbows. But uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, the other thing I love is, you know, hashtag wine, wisdom and anchovies. That is like the best <laughs>
0: This is the market <laughs> intelligence, the, the incredible amount of, you know, recruiting wisdom that comes out of the podcast.
1: I'm just, you know, but real though the the insights that sarah gave were they were very her foresight was great for the october layoffs the ball layoffs the stuff that's still going on um internal mobility that that she talked Mm -hmm. about i mean everything we all already know is you know cross train mentor coach but yet we're still missing the mark on it in places so yes i i enjoyed listening to it and overall There were a lot of aha moments and a whole lot of laughs during the podcast.
0: Yeah. And who doesn't like a nice wrap up uh, where we talk about the crying CEO? Um, But anyway, if if you want to hear more about that, obviously that's to come. But yeah, I would agree. I've known Sarah a super long time uh, and it's just been wonderful to just watch her career progress. She's a sharp lady and she's doing some really good work. So I think you made a great choice. Thanks. All right. Well, let's listen to it. Here we go. Okay. I want to know where that is.
2: HR 10. It's coming.
0: Okay, good.
1: Take so, Jerry, back uh,
0: Jerry you, you popped in. We were having a, kind of an interesting conversation around. And we love when you pop in, of course. We have an interesting conversation around. You Everyone has seen the crying CEO by now, right, that went up last week. Yes. The most cringeworthy example, in my humble opinion, of narcissism and qu- quasi-okay backpedal marketing recovery. I don't, know, I don't know a better way to put it. <laughs> But what we're, what we're laughing at, Sarah Levin, so as a result of, we're not laughing at that guy still. We yeah. laughed last week, but we're not laughing at him anymore. The, um, the result is this website called uh, viralpostgenerator.com.
3: Hmm.
0: And I think the way I understood it is this, this guy, the crying CEO, because uh, I'm not giving this company any press, but the crying CEO uh, has, fits this formulaic post we see on LinkedIn that is like
2: it's not the only one, right? Well, no, not
0: at all. Not at
1: all. LinkedIn yeah. at this point, Hundreds please. of them.
0: It's rid- maybe thousands, right? It's ridiculous, but it's one sentence paragraphs. And they're just so like cringy. They're so bad. <laughs> so, so, so this viral post generator, say again.
2: They all saved puppies after feeding the homeless.
0: That's right. I stopped for and saved a puppy. I was late to my interview. Turns out the puppy was the company CEO, and I got the job. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> you can do it. So, Jerry, <laughs> we're going what we'll do. I'm gonna pull up the viralpostgenerator.com, and Jerry, I want okay. I want you to play along with us before we jump. Before we jump in, I'm in. So, I'm in. Whatever. Okay. Yes, so what what you get to do? I'm gonna click start over. You're gonna pick, and I'm gonna share. Let me share it on the screen here so everybody can see what I'm doing here. All right. So th- this is the site. You're gonna pick. What did you What did you do today, Jerry?
3: Oh, I talked to Roy Bilotti about jobs for humanity and and what he's doing to help people in Ukraine get jobs. Is that a Would that be a cringe
0: worthy kind it's of a perfect? Okay.
3: You can do okay. a talk,
2: shorter thing. All
0: right. Well, let's just say I talked to Roy. How's that? Yeah. And what was our What's the inspirational advice? Ch- chase your dreams. Yeah, I would say, I would
3: say, you know, no matter how bad it is, there's,
0: there's a rainbow at the other side.
2: <laughs> okay,
0: I,
3: so.
2: I, this.
0: I can't wait. So what did you do today? Sorry about this, Roy. Talk to Roy. The inspirational yeah. advice that you're getting is chase your dreams and why this doesn't default on the high for cringe oh, level. Sorry. I think that's a miss. <laughs> We're going to say write a post. Let's see what it gives us. You guys, you guys can see that, can you? Yeah. All right. Here we go. They're adding a secret viral ingredient. You got to love this. And you know, Sarah, you're next. You're going to do one and then we'll get started. All right. Here's my LinkedIn post. Ready for copy and paste. How to be successful in life? Leave home and talk to Roy. Find your own place to live and talk again. Then you may chase your dreams. I talked in different places several times during my career and it was key to my success. If you think. Well, how is this possible? You will fail in business one hundred percent. So, to recap, the secret of success: all you have to do is talk to Roy and follow me on LinkedIn. Thoughts?
3: (laughs) I love it. Brilliant. I love it. If I had thought better, I would have said a story that says talk to Jerry. You know, (laughs) we just replied the same.
0: We could, we could do that.
3: All right. No, no, we don't want to do that because there's there's too many people who actually would try to do that that's hey, the problem
2: it's how i got here
3: i feel I, like people already I was exactly
2: I, was so I even sarah would
3: say i talked to jerry and the rest was the rest of my
0: career was history that was it no, <laughs>
3: all right
2: my, what did i do to, let's say i worked out
0: okay i worked out this is sarah's and sarah and what's your inspirational advice
2: follow your passion
0: oh boy Follow your passion. Is Again, cringe, cringe level. Race? Yep, there we go. Cringe. level. Are you ready? I am. All right. This is this is for you. Here we go. This is whoever did this. It's so fun. It's it's quite brilliant because yeah. it fits that formulaic, you know, one sentence paragraph craziness that we're seeing all over LinkedIn lately. And poor LinkedIn to have to try to figure out how to police all that. Look at me. I literally worked out with my CEO yesterday. We worked together like it was a natural thing. For me, that's a huge milestone in my career. When I tried to work with my previous boss, she simply told me to follow your passion and ran off. Rude! All CEOs in the world learn from my current boss and work out with your employees. Agree?
2: One hundred percent. I actually did work out with my CEO today. That's oh my me. god.
0: Well, that would it would be you, right? It would be. <laughs> oh my God. All right. So viralpostgenerator.com free plug. So much fun. Yeah, uh, is, really- is everybody.
2: And it, 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 it changes it every time. So you don't always get the same, because those are the same one we used earlier and it came out completely different. Oh, so. right. And the
0: hashtags. Mom's Sad mine didn't have hashtags, but the one before it did. Yeah. All right. Are, are we ready to get this thing going? Sure. Let's do it. funny i'm still laughing at that so hola bonjour and hello watchers and listeners i am chris hoy president of crew crossroads and i'm the host of the recruiting community podcast uh we come to you somewhat live each week with interviews sometimes drinking quick catch-ups uh that are about 20 to 30 minutes in duration and with industry leaders personalities uh analysts and friends to talk about what our community members are asking about uh and that duration believe it or not is by design so we know you're busy uh, and we try to keep these to these sort of snackable episodes, but but also engaging. So, for instance, you can actually watch uh, and listen to us live on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and, of course, CXR.org slash podcast, where we stream and enable you to chime in with questions or just your favorite social profile. So drop those in there, right, so that you can connect uh, with other listeners as well as our guests. So please also be sure to click on the subscribe and like buttons so that you're reminded of upcoming shows because including this one. We have some fun and informative conversations ahead. Now, we don't make any money from the show. We don't pay guests to be on, and you won't find us spending half the show endorsing something. If some somebody or something is here, we're talking about a solution or a product, it is because we find it interesting and we think you might appreciate it, which is in part what makes us a little bit different. Now, I want you to feel like you just sat down with us in the break room or that we're right next to you on the treadmill. Well, you're on the treadmill, we're at the water station behind you, but still including you in our conversation, even though you're slightly winded and sweaty, but but comfortable talking so that it's not dangerous. Anyway, we're here, uh, you're here, and while you're here, we're going to jump right in. So today we're going to welcome somebody that I have known for what I think is, she's going to correct me maybe, but for maybe 15 years. Uh, this is somebody who is no stranger to what we do. She's doing a great job uh, sharing what she has been studying and learning with regards to talent acquisition and leadership. I want you to say hello to our good friend Sarah White. Sarah, welcome to the show.
2: I think it is 15 years. I think 15 and 20 with Jerry.
0: Yeah. Can you? And speaking of Jerry, Jerry is here for the show today. We're going to let him in. Jerry, how are you? I'm wonderful. Life is good. <laughs> so, so. so, so Sarah, we're excited to have you on. You are you are the CEO and head of research at Aspect43. But you weren't always, obviously. Um, I think when I met you, you were a principal analyst all those years ago. I
2: think we actually met one before that. So I, you, I'll get a quick rundown. I actually used to be a practitioner, led TA teams, corporate, that's when I met Jerry. And he made the side comment to me like, hey, if you really want to go into other stuff, you should do cross-training in other departments and learn business. And I don't think he meant um, to go quit my job the next day, but I did, (laughs) I thought he meant. Um, So I quit TA the next day and I went into operations and learning the business side of it, fell into, uh, started a company around doing software evaluation selection, focused on TA and performance management software. That was acquired about two years later. And then I went into head of strategy for what is now Clear Company was HRM Direct at the time, and I think that's where we met at um, Kennedy.
0: It was wow, great memory. It totally one hundred percent. I remember that.
2: So right, one of those two jobs. So either the company that I sold, or as I was going in, um, and then went in with josh burson to help really scale up the ta and start the ta practice um madeline had been there for a while obviously everybody loves madeline um came in helped continue to grow that and do some work with josh and then started a company and you know have worked with about 400 vendors and about 1500 um teams at this point Wow. So just a couple.
0: Uh, so <laughs> I so to... I, were, I remember I was just starting to speak, and I remember uh, you were I forget what the topic was, but I remember you were up talking, and it was a, it was at the Kennedy Conference. Great memory, yeah. I couldn't remember the name of it. Uh, and I came up after you, and I was like, that was really great. Thanks for sharing that, et cetera, et cetera. And that that's how we met.
2: Fun story about that conference. Um, I was actually not supposed to keynote. The keynote got sick. They asked me if I could keynote the night before, so I had to pull that whole session together and do that. And it was my first major keynote. It was also the first time I ever had wine, and that was I went <laughs> in your life ever ever <laughs> ever in my life. Um, I went to dinner with Jerry. And I found out at that dinner that I had an anchovy allergy because he had me Caesar salad for the first time. Oh, and that it was wine. And um, I was definitely, I was like, you know, 20, 25, 24, definitely not sold on wine. Oh, yeah, it's an quite
0: taste.
2: But Love the
3: fact that I can touch That's, <laughs> that's
0: what you get with Jerry. Uh, you get uh, wisdom, wine. Go quit your job. That's currently anchovies as well. Allergies and quit your job. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look. So a couple things I want to talk about, right? Because we try we try to keep these at around twenty minutes. but I think our I think our uh, whatever that was viral pitch website threw (laughs) us off a little. But anyway, we have met. I want to jump right in. We've met with a few analysts and economists um, recently, right? And I think there's there's a lot of talk around in, in the space. Uh, m- more layoffs, right? Yeah. Or, or hiring freezes? Or oh my gosh, this this recession? I'm using air quotes because I got to tell you, we're hearing from some uh, economists and analysts that the recession ahead is going to be mild. Now we're hearing from others, it's going to it's going to be a shitstorm. Uh, so you said recently on Twitter, we better buckle up. So so what do you mean? What what is ahead for us? Is it is there something we should be watching out for? What are, what are you seeing that we haven't seen yet?
2: Yeah, I. I, I things. Um, First, there were a number of economists that also told us that inflation was transitory and not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And that told us we weren't going to have big issues with all of the other stuff we were doing. Obviously, that is completely false and didn't work. (laughs) um, And it's those same economists that are like, no, 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 this time we figured it out. And so eh, I think, right, honestly, a little bit, nobody knows. However, When I'm looking at the other signs of what's happening, I definitely know there's a lot of layoffs coming up. Um, Outplacement providers are getting tons of leads coming in all of a sudden unsolicited. They don't get calls and they don't have huge numbers of growth unless there's layoffs planned and coming. Um, So that's for me is always a pre-trigger because it typically takes somewhere between two and six months for that to get going. And Hmm. so- um, the other thing that we're seeing is mobility products. So, products that are typically used for internal mobility um, are being shifted over, and the sales calls on them are being shifted for talent redeployment. So, we have a thousand jobs open, but we have to lay off 5,000. How do we redeploy a thousand of those workers into these jobs so we're not paying severance plus having to pay the recruiting to get these done? Yeah. And that shift has been very heavy in the last three weeks.
0: Oh, go ahead. Sorry.
2: I was going to say, so those two things, regardless of what we look at the numbers, we have to remember a lot of the numbers are backwards looking. And so we do, you know, a lot of our research, we're looking to, what are you expecting to do in the next 12 months? Not what did you do in the last 12 months? Mm -hmm. And then uh, a lot of what we're looking at as far as buyer behavior, because we're a little bit different from a lot of the analysts in that perspective. We look a lot at the behavior of work and buyer behavior and trends versus best practices. And as we're looking at all of these things, we, we have a lot of reason to believe October is going to be kind of the month. There's a lot of companies that are waiting for Q3 financials to close. They want to make sure the stocks don't drop, or they're doing the first round of layoffs right now so that it's not a 30% layoff round in October. It's only mm. a 15 because they did 15 now.
0: Right, baby steps. Um, yeah. baby
3: well, the, the, it sounds the, like a real incentive to tell your clients to renew in September. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look, we saw,
3: um, just, what were just, there were some-
1: just, just saying. saying. I, I think it might next, be. Just at, our next,
3: <laughs> at our next corporate meeting, I'm going to make a suggestion that we offer some incentives for oh. early early I,
1: renewals. But,
0: I so, it. So, so, Sarah, the earnings, uh, I think it was, was it Lowe's and Target? And I think there was another big one on the news this morning that no big surprises, but some earnings were lower than expected. Uh, and so that that does sort of align with what you've said is that organization to be preparing, but it's kind of, it's kind of, I want to ask you this because Jerry and I were just looking, we did a, we did a survey uh, in the last, uh, I don't know, we've had it up for maybe two months, three months where our members go in to these categories and they select, these are all of the systems I'm using. We have this extensive list to check which ones you're using, right? Uh, In the areas of ATS, in the areas of CRM, in the areas of, you know, internal mobility, like all of these different pieces, right? That that come together to make the puzzle. And we get this really cool um, sort of lay of the landscape of what technology is being used. But we noticed as we scrolled through the results of that survey that had been up, uh, one pie chart, just one, was, was all black. And one answer had been given for it across all of the organizations. And the answer was unknown. And that was around um, coaching and mentoring platforms. <laughs> yes. Which now I just want to tell you, we had uh, Robin Erickson on two years ago. And Robin said, "If you, Jerry, you probably remember this. Robin straight up said, if you are, aren't already investing in uh, internal mobility or coaching platforms, you're already behind. You're gonna wanna do this for when we come out of. And at the time we were still dealing with the the instant ramifications or somewhat instant ramifications of George Floyd, the murder of George Floyd. Right. So There's a lot of social injustice at work, right? And that was top of mind for everybody. Pandemic was just kind of just starting to hit everybody's radar and get crazy. And she's like, you, you're gonna have to invest in this. But so we're seeing from our members, Not not quite yet in that area. What are you seeing?
2: Yeah. And I think um, when we survey, so we do our big research study called insights at work because of the shifts that are happening in the market, we're actually double surveying this year. So we're moving it from being a Q2 survey into being a Q4. Um, So we'll have another one, but the, the data we have is very, very recent. Mm -hmm. And we found that for talent management buyers, Um, We actually look at, I think, 87 categories of technology from TA through core for those buyers. And these are double validated people with signing approval. um, 50% of companies right now will either be buying or replacing coaching and mentoring tools in the next 12 months. It's one of our highest areas, but you're right. Only 17% of companies still have it. Or you know,
0: or or if they've got one, the employees don't know, right?
2: Well, and the other thing is, so we have something called uncertainty rates, and it is about thirty-three percent. So thirty-three percent of talent management; these are people with signatory, like decision makers do not even know what coaching and mentoring technology means. We don't know what this is and we don't understand why there's any value. And our, like I said, our research is over a thousand companies. We have from SMB to I think our largest had 450,000 employees. It is validated to represent all industries, all walks of life. To get to that point in the question, you've had to go through three screening questions to vet you out um and so like of all the people that should know that's them well,
3: and know, it's,
2: huge, huge so it's
3: it's it's important to me because you are asking talent management whereas we're asking talent acquisition right. folks so they are even more uncertain about what the hell's going on in 100%. their own organization after somebody's hired i find that absolutely fascinating
2: now what's really interesting i think you guys might find crazy is when we, because we break it up, like they have to validate, I'm a TA buyer, I'm a talent management buyer, or I'm a core right. HR buyer. One of the biggest gap areas for TA buyers is actually in talent mobility. They don't understand why they should, like it's it was shockingly high. It is at 60%, 60% of TA people did not understand why, or what value a t- internal mobility or hiring internal talent would have for them. Uh, is that all size, saying, all, all size companies? All size
0: companies. companies. Huh. I, I understand the that though, because as, as as people come up through the ranks of talent acquisition, right? They're not, they're, we're only just now seeing dedicated teams for internal right. recruiting, right? So it's yeah. never been on the radar of a lot of TA leaders to recruit internally, let alone give right. a shit what happens to somebody after the onboarding is done.
2: No.
3: Well, it's there's also all those restrictions that have been built over over centuries, uh, preventing people from being recruited internally for open positions. They have to advocate for themselves and often have to be in a position for a year or two years in order to do it. So those are, those are obsolete ideas that need to be changed in, in obviously the largest. You know, it would be
0: interesting, Jerry, to your point is if, if we could do a pre and post of how many TA leaders years ago versus today uh, are held accountable to any internal mobility metrics. I think that would be really interesting,
3: particularly, you know, ours is a, is a, not a unique set, but a set of companies employers Mm -hmm. that are very large so they all hire large you know numbers of people and and uh, because of that um, are much more uh, likely uh, to think about internal mobility as an option but but in terms of executing on it the question is who's the champion who's supposed to be doing this you
2: know and i think nobody has to this point um and what's funny is the number one issue for the very first time, because we also survey CEOs, hiring managers, kind of down a different path. The number one issue for them for the very first time ever was retention above inflation, above Mm -hmm. cost, above anything else. I've been writing the survey for 10 years. And for the very first time ever, retention has taken over this year. And yet when we get into the HR teams, TA, talent management, core HR, there's such a disconnect on the tools that we know support retention and support the bigger corporate goals. Um, and there are both interest and desire in them. And what's very interesting in our research, and again, this goes across every single company size,
1: mm-hmm.
2: there's a sticking point with people with a VP title. How so? so? Above VP, below VP, almost very consistent in their responses across the board vp has a very u- unique perspective on yeah. all of it on mm-hmm. the issues at their company at the how bad the economy is or if they're at risk it's the only group during the pandemic that didn't take pay cuts as a whole it was the only group it the like uh, so as we were diving in we went through all sorts of different validations but the um we could not find any correlation with this group other than they all happen to be kind of the vps they're the you know less at risk they also are the most risk adverse to new tech and they're mm-hmm. more likely to think their tech is working perfectly fine when everyone else at the organization said that's no, not
1: it's are actually-
3: you are you speaking at hr tech i'm not Never mind. We we you and I have a history about that, but that's another. That's a whole. Calm down. Calm down. But but no. But the conversation we're having right now, you should be, you should be speaking on that issue because I think it's a counterintuitive to some of the other conversations that are being had, and I think it's a very useful one for people to consider. And I'd love to see you. Uh, do some more speaking on this issue.
2: And I think we're going to, like I said, you know, we've been using it. We, we spend a lot of time working with vendors. So we don't make any money off of practitioners. Everything that we do for the market, we do at no cost. Um, It's all, you know, we have a, a membership that basically puts in money to pool together to sponsor our research so it can go to the market for free. And then, you know, we work with the individual different vendors in the space and one of the biggest lessons we've had to do is like stop trying to upsell and jump over everybody else and go just to the VP because they're the first ones that are going to say no. Right. Yeah. So we have to get all of this. And so um, mm-hmm. when we do the next round of this in Q4, uh, we definitely are going to see if there was a correlation or if there was this is something that just over the two years of the pandemic happened mm-hmm. to be a fluke because it was true for both pandemic years, which was the first year we started looking at kind of the VP in comparison to the other roles versus it just being VP and up, we separated them from the CHRO specifically.
0: Well, and that's yeah. that's not the only thing uh, Aspect 43 does either. I mean, you've just published uh, pretty recently this guide to talent acquisition technology. Can you, yes. I mean, can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, so we do um, four or five big reports a year uh, the Guide to Talent Acquisition Technology is designed to be a what guide, not a who or a how. Um, and so there's so much on the market. So what we wanted to do is really pull together the landscape. Like here's what a tech stack in TA looks like today. Not that you have to have all of it, but this is kind of what it is. And then we went through and defined every single one of the 34 categories. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of people, as we know from our research, they just don't know what the stuff is. And so if they don't know what it is, it's very hard to go by. And so it's it's kind of fascinating for me being kind of a student of the industry and having come in very early. You know, it starts off with a little bit of a history. Like, how did we even get to this point of what TA is? Where did we start at? How did we get here? What do today's TA departments look like? What are the roles? Who are the people in them? How are, who are the different stakeholders? And then a whole section on the business impact, like the true ROI, so that you can go build your own business case to support wanting to get this. And it's how all of these things, not traditional recruiting metrics, But how do these tie back into business goals? How does this affect uh, retention? How does it affect engagement? How is it affecting customer satisfaction? Like, what are the numbers and the metrics that connect these all together? So you can hand this over. I mean, they're not going to read it. It's 90 pages. But they can hand it over to an executive or pull blurb out that a more senior person can do. And then obviously, you have the tech stack and a full definition of all of those. And we're doing that, um, you know, workforce management we have is publishing next week. A very similar type of thing and uh, employee experience and, you know, trying to cover a little bit of everything. I know these are getting used in at least eight universities as part of curriculum starting in fall, which that's is kind cool. of a cool thing. Yeah.
0: Real quick. So for those who are listening, not watching, we've got a URL set up so you can grab that. It's CXR. slash aspect 43. I just, I threw it in the chat also. And if you've got questions, if you're here live with us, just drop them in the chat and we'll throw those at it. so sorry go ahead jerry i just want to get that out there before
1: I just want to out. another
2: thing these are all entirely free so we do ask an email just so we know that email only gets used to send that to you it does not get shared with anybody else none of our clients ever see that no sponsor will gotcha. ever see that that is completely not used you don't join a newsletter list um like it really is just you know, no one's gonna know.
0: call me or email me about my car warranty. Trust me. No one one's of reason, me. one of the reasons I love you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Not calling to sell you.
0: So so it's interesting. So uh, having to, if you're you're pushing all that information out and you're gathering all that, you gotta see some cool stuff going on. I just I'll yeah. give you an example. I had a call I had a call this morning, Sarah, with um uh the founder of, of Shield, iShield.ai. Uh, and you've probably already heard of this for those who don't know, and they're, they're bootstrap, right? So they're, they're, I think they're having their big coming out party at HR tech or the, you know, yeah. or on the floor out on the market floor, but, uh, they are, I guess, marketing themselves as the grammarly for inclusiveness, right? So they analyze both, uh, text and multimedia for biases. And I think they do, um, job descriptions, uh, marketing content, communications. It works in Slack and teams, um, and within, I think, a handful of ATSs already.
1: So these, yeah. these
0: guys are kind of interesting. Like I said, they got their big launch that's coming up. But I want to ask you, because I saw that this morning, I'm like, ooh, I need some more information about that. But I, I guess I'd really like to hear your opinion of like, who's making some sort of killer updates or strides or deliveries from a tech standpoint? Who should the leaders uh, and watchers really be paying attention to or seek out if they're at an HR tech or an Unleash or something like Who, who should they yeah. be going to talk to, going to look for?
2: I think um, I'm. I think those type of products, there's about five or six of them that are coming on the market. We had one, actually, we run a accelerator for small bootstrap companies each spring. Um, and so we had one in our accelerator that's gone on to do some really cool stuff. And it was actually a group of college kids that had built it. And um, so we, I think we're going to see probably over the next year a, a big group you know, probably 10 or 12 of these type of products emerge. And as mm-hmm. you know, they're all quickly acquired um, by the larger vendors, which is fantastic and what we're hoping to see. Um, I'm always hesitant to say, go see this type of tool. And the reason is that the same tool does not work for everybody's tech stack because they don't work with all cultures, everything else. But I think as far as the types of trends that we're seeing, um, we're finally seeing some stuff emerging around talent mobility that makes it actually usable, right? It's not just like the like, hey, here's your internal job board, but it actually creates it with more of an employee experience and gives access to the recruiters. And so I think that there is that type of stuff that's going to be really valuable. The other stuff that I think is emerging and um, kind of has blown my mind is the stuff that is coming out, the new stuff that's coming around out around contingent workforce management, which Mm -hmm. I know we've been talking about forever. but Fiverr actually acquired a company last year that's doing it right. And they're coming into the U S this year. And it's really amazing. And it's not just, you know, kind of the traditional contingent was focused more on your like long-term contractors, your temp employees, this is focused on more how a lot of companies are doing work with these freelancers, with these kind of gig workers, where they're coming in, like, Hey, I need a logo design. We need this. Even the largest companies are doing that. And to date, i none of the tech out there manages those people. Like we've been looking for nine months. We've been looking at everything as part of workforce management. And that that has been a group. um, And we finally got connected up with them just last week. And so um, I think we're going to start seeing things like Upwork and Fiverr um, Mm -hmm. definitely moving far more into the corporate world than they traditionally have.
0: Th- this is why I love talking to you, because last year, when the th- when that stuff hit the news, I bought me some Fiverr stock uh, at a pretty good price. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. but I've, and I now I've just been sitting here going, okay, where is it? Hello. there's one
3: there's one key issue that I think needs watching, though, and that is when you move into the large companies from a contingent point of view, the tendency is that um, others besides human resources get involved, and we look mm-hmm. at risk management issues, we look at, the cost of benefits so you tend to see decisions on the part of large companies of moving towards contingency in order to in order to eliminate the benefits of people around that issue and so fundamentally a lot of people who would not choose to be a contingent worker uh, are lose their jobs uh, in relation to that and and fundamentally, there needs to be education, policy, and some yes. degree of security that has nothing to do with the technology,
1: right? But that
3: ensures that we do we do it well, uh, and we keep uh, some concern relative to um, you know the livelihood of, of of your workers.
2: And I think one of the things that really made me excited about this particular product that I saw, like I said, I'm not pitching anybody's names. But um, one of the things that I did see is they actually built it in partnership with enterprise companies in partnership with their legal compliance and procurement teams, as well as HR. And so it actually goes through and monitors all of the people that you are having work through this. And it will flag them if they're actually misclassified and should be a full-time employee.
3: Got it. So uh, it's doing. I like like that too, because that becomes the choke point.
2: Level, right?
3: Right. It's the choke point that screws things up when uh, you know you try something. It's a great idea, and then you realize you're you're going counter to our societal norms. You're going counter to
0: some of the legislation that exists out there. Well, this gets us. It's interesting because there's two there's two issues I think we see that keep coming up. It's this one, and then we had a we had a guest on recently where we talked about job sharing which is yeah. kind of an interesting push too.
2: Well, as part of our workforce management report, um, obviously I like totally geek out on like the historical part of this stuff. So one of the things that I found really fascinating is I think historically we've always thought of people that wanted to work part-time or do job sharing, um, or if they were working part-time, it was because they were like hoping to get a full-time job somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I found that only 38% of them, um, not our research, but large, um, I think it was, I don't, I won't quote who because I'm not remembering who it was, but it was a very large study. Only 38% of them actually wanted to go full-time Right. You yep. know, it's, it's a very small percent, which means there's a huge number of people, you know, when my kids were younger, if I had the choice, I would have taken a part-time job over a full-time one any day, like without question, that yep. wouldn't it was less valuable to the organization. Cause I could probably do in 30 hours a week, what other people couldn't, right? Mm-hmm. And so and I think people, you know, especially when you're given, I have a part time employee um, who needed to go part time following some family stuff. And in her part time time, she was able to produce almost what our full time people were, right? And she I mean, was. It, it,
3: if you look at Starbucks, for example, they have a number of policies that focus in on, on giving benefits at a much lower yeah. level of work and providing help for people to go to school. Uh, as part of their job, and the reality of that is that they're they know who is doing a good job as a barista at a at a Starbucks, and it tends to be those who really want a part time job so that they can do other things, and long term will leave.
0: Uh, still, I think everybody forgets about Bucky's. We're <laughs> always talking about Starbucks, and nobody's talking about Bucky's. We
2: don't have buckies. We, we have also Buc- don't have Culvers here. That was quite a shock when I moved. But,
0: um, <laughs> Look, I want to I want to kind of I want to keep us on track I want to okay. ask you um, before we before we let you out of here and again it's anybody who wants to get the tech report uh, the guide to talent acquisition at CXR at work slash aspect 43 that'll take you right over to, to Sarah's company site to grab that but Sarah yeah. let me ask you if you were gonna write a book about <laughs> the state of of the the landscape of today, right? The state of the state of the union for us, as it were. What what would you title that book today?
2: Buy some beans.
0: Buy some beans. <laughs> 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 okay, I'll go with that. Like, okay, so um, then <laughs> you want to talk us through that?
2: <laughs> no, i uh, I don't think inflation is coming to an end anytime soon. I think we're going to see some temporary relief, and then. Um, you know, obviously with the stuff that has just been passed, I think we're going to see a little bit more inflation coming. Um, Not my opinion. That's the nonpartisan groups that are studying all of this. I think the other um, thing is that, you know, layoffs are coming. Right. I mean, we're starting to get the very tip of the iceberg of what is to come. Probably going to see the worst of it. October, November timeframe, which is never a good time for layoffs to happen. Um, and I I think as a culture, there's a lot of people at work that have never gone through this. I mean, I, I've gone through more layoffs than I can count. Um, you know, anybody that was in work in the two thousands, you know, layoffs were just like, Oh, you got another layoff. Cool. Okay. Next one. Right. It was just such a normal
1: thing. Yeah. It's
2: We've gotten so used to not having that be the case, like not even every once in a while. Um, And when we did see it with COVID, there was a safety net there um, at a very different level. And everybody knew it was more of a temporary thing. And then everything was going to come back. And, And I think that what we're already seeing on LinkedIn is a lot of people freaking out, a lot of people very angry, a lot of people not understanding that Unfortunately, layoffs tend to be part of the natural cycle of work, which I'm not Mm -hmm. saying is right, but it just is true. And so you've got a lot of people that don't have that context of understanding because they've been on kind of the like, the market's been up, everything's been great the last 10 or 12 years. And then uh, on the flip side, you know, we're going to have those layoffs happening, which is probably going to trigger some stock stuff in october end of october hmm. October is traditionally not a great month for stocks anyway um it's usually kind of a rough month and then we're going to go right into that a week later with the uh election which no matter what happens i think with this election this year people are going to be unhappy um you know at least so, half of them it, you know what i mean like it's or just under more. half
0: yeah. <laughs> so by
3: Buy or or it
2: will be a mix, right? Like, so some are gonna be good, some are not. And so I think you know, October and November are going to be a little bit of a perfect storm. And mm-hmm. you know, get off social media, like it's only like a echo chamber of quite honestly, like cringe and hate in a lot of times, especially as things get rough. It is, you know, people get it used to be so good. Um, and then the other thing is like be smart, right? If you're at the store, buy a little bit extra. Like it doesn't hurt to have a full pantry, Um, you know, and be prepared, prepare yourself, save a little bit of extra money, like be cautious with your stuff. Because if your company doesn't lay off, the worst thing is you have a little bit extra money in savings. You have a little bit more debt paid off and you have a couple extra cans of beans.
0: All right. So buy some beans. Let me ask you who, who gets the first signed copy?
2: Well, Jerry, obviously. (laughs) Man, Jerry
0: always gets the first signed copy.
2: (laughs) He when he was like quit your job um and go into operations and get some business experience. He also should have been like and buy some beans because you're a 22-year-old mom.
3: <laughs> and no, now I now, now I've been telling folks that if you change your job with 10 plus years of experience, you need to negotiate not more money. You need to negotiate the fact that if in fact the you know the shit hits the fan you and you are released you need to be released against a policy of 10 years or more experience not right. one year yeah. right uh, because that cost that's a cost to you that's going to really hurt
2: yeah, yeah new
0: trend is fighting for your exit which which is always fun in the interview yeah
2: 100 percent. like severance packages i mean it's no different than prenups right like prenups 20 years ago was unheard of unless you were like wealthy right um Maybe they weren't maybe we were just super broke and dumb when we got married at 21. So could be.
0: I, but I have nothing not creative day. or constructive where, to contribute to that.
2: <laughs> where now it's, you know, as more and more people I know, it's just become the norm so that at the if if something goes south happens, mm-hmm. there's not the fighting, there's not the stress, there's not all it's just like it's done. Yeah. I don't need any additional distraction away from my work, my kids, my family, my other life priorities. Um, and I, I think the exit package is going to become, I don't know within the next six months, uh, or a year, we're going to have a lot of the kind of negotiating power that we did in the last year. But, um, you know, I do think that over the next 12 months, people are going to understand why pre-negotiating a severance is going mm-hmm. to be a very vital part of that.
0: If they step. don't already. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I, uh, to, I to my, to my
3: knowledge, I don't think most people think about it. And most people find no. it too awkward to even ask when they get to that point. And that's when I tell them, you need to be awkward about that. Um, but by and large, you need to be able to think that through. Otherwise,
0: you got to own it. Look, I'll tell you who you talk to about this. You talk to Lori Rudiman. Go read her book. It never hurts yeah. to ask. You've got to work <laughs> it out. <laughs> there you go. I should you,
1: have it. I, have, I
0: literally have it right <laughs> off screen. Yeah, i have it. I'm
3: just just out of my range.
0: Just right there. There. Sarah, I want Sarah, thank you. Yeah. yeah, I want to thank you so much for coming in and give us your time. We really, really appreciate it. Um, and then uh, I hope uh, you we get you to see some more stage time and mic time to talk because your insights are just great. And we always we always love we're gonna have you back. We always love to see you and talk to you.
2: Absolutely, thanks guys so much, and hope to see you in Paris, Chris. You got and- it. Yes, Jerry.
0: Yeah. All right. So we're we're gonna I'm gonna push both of you over into the green room uh here we go and then hang out there for a little while don't go anywhere i just want to share a couple things quick shout out though uh i hope i say it right uh tova uh tracy and corey uh, a couple of the folks that were uh, jumping in live and dropping some comments and some questions in there thanks for doing that i want to share with you really quickly what we've got coming up or what's ahead with the cxr community obviously sarah white today on the podcast we have a lecture series we do it month to month if you haven't seen it already uh, for our members, it's it's a super exciting time. We do a professional that comes in once a month, talks about topics that our TA leaders have selected uh, and told us is super important and our folks have weighed in on. And so we've got time management coming up and that's available for all of our members. Uh, coming up on the 23rd of August, we have uh, bringing back Athena Karp. Uh, we're gonna talk about recruiting, or excuse me, we're gonna talk about the Future of Work initiative piece that she's involved in. And then in addition to that, Uh, We have a diversity slates topic from the the community forums that kind of blew up and got turned into uh, an event or meeting. So we've got that coming up also on August 24th. And again, on August 24th, we've got a solutions spotlight for FindEm. A pretty interesting new tool that we're getting some eyes on, and then lastly, we're going to round out. um, We're going to round out August unless something else pops up, uh, with a remote collaboration with Lene Morkbach, and she's going to be on Morkbach. Excuse me, and she's going to be on here on the show talking to us about that neat tips, tricks, and resources for getting the most and staying coordinated uh, through all of that. Uh, And then I guess at that point, I'm just going to say, look. Check it out. CXR.works slash events. Join the community. See if you qualify with over 100 other companies and nearly 5,000 recruiting leaders and professionals. You can head to CXR.works and actually see what you're missing uh, and, of course, connect with us. With that, I just want to say thank you, everybody, and we will see you next week.